The Kim Munson Show, analyzing the most important stories. The socialization of transportation, education, energy, housing, and water, what it means is that government controls it through rules and regulations. The latest in politics and world affairs. Under this guise of bipartisanship and nonpartisanship, it's actually tapping down the truth. Today's current opinions and ideas. On an equal field in the battle of ideas, mistruths and misconceptions is getting us into a world of hurt. Is it freedom or is it force? Let's have a conversation. Indeed, let's have a conversation and welcome to the Kim Munson Show. Thank you so much for joining us. You're each treasured, you're valued, you have purpose. Today, strive for excellence. Take care of your heart, your soul, your mind, and your body. My friends, we were made for this moment. And thank you to the team that I work with. That's producer Joe, producer Rachel, producer Luke, Zach, Echo, Charlie, and everybody here at Crawford Broadcasting. And Rachel is behind the boards today. Happy Monday, Rachel. Happy Monday. And you are being assisted by producer Nicole. So we've got uh, we've yes, got a Nicole's lot going here on as here. Well. So thank you to both of you for being here. Uh, Joe wanted to take the day off, and uh, you stepped up. And so I greatly appreciate it, producer Rachel. And thank you to each of you that are listening. You're each treasured. You're valued. You have purpose. Today, strive for excellence. Take care of your heart, your soul, your mind, and your body. My friends, we were made for this moment. Uh, thank you to the Harris family for their goal sponsorship of this show. And also thank you to the National Shooting Sports Foundation for their goal sponsorship of the show as well. And the National Shooting Sports Foundation is, um, represents the nation's manufacturers, retailers, and distributors of firearms, optics, ammunition, and other related uh, sporting goods and media. And uh, no one has done more to promote real firearm safety than the industry itself. So, again, thank you to the National Shooting Sports Foundation for their goal sponsorship of the show. My friends, we look at these issues uh, through this lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. And uh, truly, if something's a good idea, you should not have to force people to do it. And it's never compassionate to take other people's stuff, whether or not it is their rights or their property, their freedom, livelihood, opportunity, or their lives. And, of course, force, uh, we know it can be a weapon, but it's sneakier with policy or unpredictable and excessive taxation, fear, coercion, government-induced inflation, and then this ag- agenda by the World Economic Forum, uh, which is really an assault upon Uh, everyday people thriving and prospering. And so that's why we need to speak truth into this. A little bit of truth, a little bit of light goes a long way. Check out my website. That is Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. And sign up for our weekly email newsletter, which goes out on Sundays. And you will get first look at our upcoming guests, as well as our most recent essays. And uh, Brad Beck did a review of A Climate Conversation. Uh, So be sure and check that out. And uh, Climate Conversation is the documentary that I'm involved with to, again, to through Socratic method, ask these questions that people really have about uh, climate change. And so uh, check out aclimateconversation.com. You can actually uh, watch the movie there at aclimateconversation.com. So uh, thank you to Brad Beck for that essay on that. And then you've got to take a look at the image that Zach came up with for um, his uh, for Rick Turnquist's most recent essay, 
And it is exactly wrong. Democrats in crime. And uh, it's actually got Joe Biden looking at a TV with actual video of some of the, uh, I'm going to say, summer of love. Remember the summer of violence? And uh, so you've got to check that out. It's super awesome. But all that stuff gets rolled out on Sundays uh, in our newsletter. So be sure and sign up for that. And you can email me at Kim at KimMunson.com. And um, thank you to all of you who support us. We're an independent voice as we search for truth and clarity on all this. The text line is 720-605-0647. And how this all works, we're on live 6 to 8 a.m. Monday through Friday. And the first hour is rebroadcast uh, 1 to 2 in the afternoon. And the second hour is broadcast, rebroadcast at 10 to 11 each night. Uh, summaries, we're trying to get those up within 24 hours. That has the podcast embedded in that. That's at KimMunson.com. Once that happens, uh, all the shows, you can find them on the streaming services like iTunes and Spotify and, uh, and all of that. The show, again, uh, I know each and every one of my sponsors, and a great way to, uh, again, support the show is to support my sponsors. And one of those great sponsors is Hooters Restaurants, and they've been sponsors for many years of both the Kim Munson Show and America's Veterans Stories. They have five locations, Loveland, Aurora, Lone Tree, Westminster, and Colorado Springs. Uh, Kurt Gerwitz and I will be uh, imbibing in their um, Lunch specials uh, next week. He and I like to get together once a month and have lunch over at Hooters restaurants. And so, again, they are great sponsors of the show. I'm going to be talking about my voter's guide here in the first hour. And it is designed to be a good tool for you to be an informed voter. Uh, Election Day is a week from tomorrow. And many times, uh, those that are pushing these tax increases are really hoping that you're not paying attention and uh, they, they're trying to get these tax increases through. I actually saw a meme on yesterday. It said, vote no on everything as far as these tax increases. But uh, I can actually give you some re- good reasons for that as well. And also, I have recommended some mayor candidates, uh, some city council candidates, but really a bunch of Uh, school board candidates throughout the state. And we did update that list again yesterday. And uh, that is all at my voter's guide, which you just go to my website, put your name in, and you will um, um, be able to take a look at that. So we'll talk about that a little bit more in a little while. Uh, We've got some school board candidates uh, in the first and second hour that we'll want to be chatting with as well. These These races are so important. As we've realized that our kids were spending big, big bank on these in these different school districts, and our kids are not proficient at reading, writing, and arithmetic. But, oh my gosh, if you want to look at some activist things, kids are involved in that. Whether or not they're a boy or girl, they're being questioned, they're questioning, they're being taught to question that. And so these school board races are so, so important. Our quote for the day, excuse me, our word of the day, let's go to that first, is nomenclature. And it is a noun. It's spelled N-O-M-E-N-C-L-A-T-U-R-E, nomenclature. And it's a system of names used in an art or science. And uh, they said the nomenclature of mineralogy. Uh, I said, well, we do not know the nomenclature of names influencing Joe and Hunter Biden. It does not take a rocket scientist to figure out that there was something fishy going on. So your challenge today is to use the word nomenclature in a sentence. 
Our quote of the day, I went to Thomas Sowell. And he was born in 1930. He is an American economist, author, and social commentator who is a senior fellow at the Hoover Institute. With widely published commentary and books, and as a guest on TV and radio, he became a well-known voice in the American conservative movement as a prominent black conservative. He uh, is the recipient of the National Humanities Medal uh, from President Bush back in 2002. And he said this, he said, not since the days of the Hitler youth have young people been subjected to more propaganda on more politically correct issues. At one time, educators boasted that their role was not to teach students what to think, but how to think. Today, their role is far too often to teach students what to think on everything from immigration to global warming to this new sacred trinity of race, class and gender. And that is Thomas Sowell. And I thought that was very appropriate as we are talking with all of these different school board members. I uh, wanted to mention our America's Veterans Story show that we broadcast yesterday with Keith McKim. It will rebroadcast this Sunday night, 10 to 11 in the evening, and then the next Saturday, 10 to 11 at night. And Keith McKim was uh, one of the Vietnam SOG guys. And uh, they very special operations. And uh, and in fact, they were told they could not talk about it. And they did not talk about it for many, many years. These were uh, Green Beret men that um, just did really amazing things. And so uh, Keith, even though he is a decorated veteran, he does not like to talk about himself. Uh, but he has been telling the stories of some of our Medal of Honor recipients. And... It's very powerful, in particular, the story of Roy Benavides. And uh, I would really recommend that you listen to this. And, and we will be working here in the next year on really ramping up the America's Veterans Stories uh, um, website as well. But it is a powerful, powerful uh, interview, and I would highly recommend that you check that out. So we broadcast our America's Veterans Stories every Sunday, 3 to 4 p.m. Then that shows rebroadcast the next Sunday, 10 to 11 at night. Then the next Saturday, 10 to 11 at night. All of that on all of the KLZ 560 platforms, which is KLZ 560 AM, KLZ 100.7 FM. Uh, you can listen live at the website as well as the uh, KLZ app. And uh, we're going to get into this here in just a moment. Uh, And um, we get to do this because we have a lot of great sponsors. And one of those great sponsors is the Roger Mangan State Farm Insurance Team. And he knows that life can be challenging. And it's the Mangan's team's mission to maximize your financial security as you manage the risks of everyday life. So call the Roger Mangan team now at 303-795-8855 for more information. Like a good neighbor, Roger Mangan's team is there. So I switched my insurance to the Roger Mangan State Farm Insurance Agency. Get this. I actually talked to Roger Mangan, who has been helping people with their insurance coverage in our community for 47 years. He helped me create a State Farm personalized price insurance plan for my home and auto and explained affordable options. For personalized service and peace of mind that you are working with a team that cares about you and your family, call Roger Mangan now at 303-795-8855. Kim highly recommends the Roger Mangan State Farm Insurance Team. Again, that number is 303-795-8855. 
Johnny Stubbs Services uses only the best quality products to ensure that your heating and cooling systems run efficiently and last for years. Johnny Stubbs Services' team of experts is available to provide the proper guidance and help you make informed decisions about your heating and cooling needs. Johnny Stubbs Services prides themselves on delivering prompt and reliable service and stands behind their work with a satisfaction guarantee. JohnnyStubbservices.com, the trusted contractor for all your heating and air conditioning needs. That's JohnnyStubbservices.com. Focused and wise marketing is essential for your success, especially during tough economic times. If you love the Kim Munson Show, strive for excellence and understand the importance of engaging in the battle of ideas that is raging in America. Then talk with Kim about partnership, sponsorship opportunities. Email Kim at KimMunson.com. Kim focuses on creating relationships with individuals and businesses that are tops in their fields. So they are the trusted experts listeners turn to when looking for products or services. Kim personally endorses each of her sponsors. Again, reach out to Kim at KimMunson.com. And welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. Be sure and check out our website. That is Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N dot com. Sign up for our weekly email newsletter. And you can email me at Kim at Kim Munson dot com as well. Uh, my friends, these school board races are so important and they are nonpartisan. So I'm putting that in air quotes, uh, which makes it difficult for you to understand who are the school board candidates that really have the best interests of students and parents and families and teachers in mind. And so that is why I actually have a recommended list at on my website, uh, uh, KimMunson.com, in the Voter's Guide of Recommended Candidates. And one of those uh, candidates is Nancy Rumfelt, and she is uh, currently on the board up in Poudre School District up in Larimer County, and she's on the line. Nancy, welcome to the show. Thank you, Kim. And just real quick, I'm in the Thompson School uh, District. Oh, that's right. I knew that. Uh, and I, uh, hold on. Let me just make sure that I got that right. Thompson. I'm sorry about that. It's Larimer County. No, that's okay. It is Thompson. Yes, we want to make sure that we get all that correct. So Thompson School District. And Nancy, you are on the board now, correct? Yes, I was elected in 2021 to finish uh, the two-year balance on a, a existing term that was vacated. And so now I'm running for four years. Okay. And you actually have uh, some other people that are running that you recommend as well, correct? Uh, absolutely. Uh, Elizabeth Carney, who's running with me for the District G or Berthet area. Uh, Ryan Wilkin, who's running for District A. And then Jasmine Navarro for District B. Our district is an at-large, so everyone will vote for all four seats. So when you fill out your ballot, if you have not, fill it out for Nancy, Elizabeth, Jasmine, and Ryan. Those are the, this is the team that will really work to hear all the voices, make sure we get the focus back on academics, that parents are included in the process for everything, that there's transparency with the curriculum, not just the budget, but with everything. So, Nancy, you've been on the board for two years at Thompson uh, School District. Uh, what are what would you say are some of the the challenges that that you've seen regarding the education of the kids there in Thompson School District? I think one of the biggest challenges is there's this culture of mistrust, and I don't mean just with the the parents in the community, 
with the teachers and the staff, this unwillingness to come forward and let the board know what's really happening. You know, as a board member, we often receive these presentations that they really never go much below the surface and tell us what's really happening in the schools and the classroom. And so you have to really find ways to kind of get teachers and, and classified staff to open up to you. And what you'll find is there are some real issues in the classroom with behavior. And the, the teachers are getting overwhelmed. There's not enough support staff for the teachers. Special education students, there's not enough support for. There's um, a lot of, you know, teachers are they're flustered with, you know, the constant changes in the curriculum and being given all these different tools that they really don't have a lot of training on. So it's just a lot of things happening that really don't have a whole lot with learning that two plus two equals four. And we just need to get people to trust to trust us. Well, and I, I think that... Um I think transparency on curriculum and what is going on in the classroom is so important, and I think many parents are waking up to that, Nancy. Um, Absolutely. One of the um, people that we talked to while we were knocking on doors, my husband, Robert, he was so frustrated. He has a student at uh, a middle school, and he's been trying to find out what she's being taught, and he's frustrated because he can't seem to get anyone to let him see or explain to him what's being taught. And it just shouldn't be that difficult to know what's what's in the lessons plan, what, you know, what's in the curriculum books, what's in the handout materials that the teachers bring in. And it, it just shouldn't be that difficult. Just like it shouldn't be that difficult to figure out where the budget is on the website and where we're spending our money. Because wherever you spend your money, that tells you what you value, what your priorities are. So how big is the budget for Thompson School District? Uh, this year, it's, well, uh, it's around $280 million when you look at all funding sources for all purposes, which works out to a little over $20,000 per student. And at a certain point, we need to really have the serious conversation. How much money does it take to ensure students learn and are proficient. They learn well. They learn to the absolute best of their ability. And really step back and look at, are all of these programs, are they really the for, belong with public education? They may be a great idea, a great program, but is it really public education's responsibility? Should it really be something that goes over to the county, under the county's health services? or some of these other departments with the welfare um, system. It doesn't really belong with the school. And we need more parents to step up. We we absolutely do, and I get it. Parents kind of went away because they're getting mixed messages, I think, from schools. We want you involved. We don't really want you involved. And so we need to be much more clear on the partnership we want with parents and respect what their choices are. We may not personally agree with them, but you know what, Kim? They're not our kids. They may be our students, but they are not our kids. They are 24-7 someone's child, and they're only our student for around seven to eight hours a day, and we need to remember that. 
Well, and speaking of that, Nancy, how about proficiency in reading, writing, arithmetic for the kids in Thompson School District? Um, that's definitely could be better. You know, we do have some schools where the third grade reading is well below 30%. For me, that's unacceptable, especially since in our strategic plan, we say all third graders will be proficient by 2025. So those schools, which is where the board needs to establish the spending priorities and give those schools more resources, more interventionists, more instructional coaches to help those students. Math, again, math is so uh, critical, and what's important to that is reading. If you cannot read, you cannot learn math, you cannot learn history, you can't learn science, so many other things. And so reading, to me, is really a foundational issue that we need to make sure everyone can read. And if they can't in third grade, then we need to just keep throwing as much support to them as we need to in fourth grade and fifth grade because it is that critical reading. Without it, you really will struggle the rest of your life. So, well, and Nancy, uh, one of the school board members that I interviewed uh, a few weeks ago said something that just struck me to my heart, and that was, if children do not learn how to read and write, then they are destined to live a life to working for people that do know how to read and write. And uh, so our, I, I really think education... And this is another thing that just really gets me crazy, particularly when I was on city council, when they started to talk about we need to educate for the next workforce. It's like, no, no, no. We need to make sure that we that each child has these tools to read and write and do arithmetic and has learned history and civics so that they can think critically and they can go after their hopes and dreams. And so we are letting them down if they can't read and write. And so uh, from what I'm gathering, this is a real focus of your team, correct, uh, Nancy? Oh, absolutely. And as part of that, too, you have to look at where the money is being spent because we need, I know that we need more um, teachers, we need to pay them better, and we need more classified paraprofessionals, bus drivers. I mean, we have a real bus driver shortage here, and we need to stop thinking about that we're competitive with other school districts. That's just nonsense. We need to be competitive with the entire job market, the private sector as well, because somebody can literally, they can leave working in education and go somewhere else and not have to worry about being bit, hit, kicked, spit on, uh, cussed at. And, and we need to enforce discipline and get the backing of the parents to allow us to make that happen in the schools. Absolutely. Discipline is uh, so important that people learn that. So, Nancy, again, tell me who your team is. We've got a couple more of your team members on, and I want to get over to them. But Nancy Rumfeld is on uh, on the line, and she is uh, currently on the board of Thompson School District, and she is running again. Who's that team, uh, Nancy? Well, real quick, you you can go to voteforbalance.com landing page, and you can access all of our websites for there. Uh, it's Nancy Rumfelt, Ryan Wilkin, Jasmine Navarro, and Elizabeth Carney. We're the team that truly supports balance, listening to everyone, parental rights, and empowering and supporting teachers and all other staff. And one more time, what's that website, Nancy? Voteforbalance.com 
And if you haven't turned in your ballot, please do so. It is too late to mail now. You must take it to a ballot drop box. Absolutely. So thank you, Nancy Rum, uh, Rumfeld. Uh, and she is on the board in Thompson School District running for re-election. And we have on the line Jasmine Navarro. Jasmine, welcome to the show. Good morning, everyone. How are you? It is great to have you. And then we also have Ryan Wilkin on the line. Ryan, welcome to the show. Morning. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So, uh, Yasmin, we'll go to you first. And it, yeah, it's Yasmin, correct? It's Y A Z M I N. Is that right? Correct. Oh, Yasmin Navarro. So, Yasmin, you are running for school board in Thompson School District. Uh, I guess the first question is um, well, tell us just a little bit about yourself and tell us why you're running for school board. Just a really quick uh, introduction to who I am. I am a mom. I am a military spouse. And I'm also um, a child of migrant parents. I'm a migrant myself. And I kept hearing complaints from my daughter uh, about what was happening in the classroom. So I decided to take a sabbatical from my job as an interpreter. And go into the school district and I actually got a job as a paraprofessional at my daughter's school and I got to be privy to all the happenings and inner workings of her school and it was just very disappointing to see the possibilities when it came to our children and how much we are disservicing them. I mean, a lot of my own students couldn't read, write, or do math at their grade level, and I thought this was just unacceptable. And I just wanted to figure out a way that I could help more, and that's when I decided to run. I just became very concerned that obviously what is happening in the classroom was not reflecting what the school district was telling us, that it was a very healthy school district. And here I am now. <laughs> well, and I think you and I met at a dinner uh, a, f- a month did. or so ago, right? We did, yes. Yes, and I was just struck by the fact that of what you've just said, that you, you said, I've got to do something. So uh, thank you. Ryan, Ryan Wilkin, uh, you're running for school board in Thompson uh, School District as well. Tell, me, tell us a little bit about yourself and why you are running. Well, my name is Ryan Wilkin. I have... A wife and I'm a son. Everybody that uh, that I've been around in the district and out in our community has a whole broad story, and I've found that those stories all to be true. I uh, I volunteered in our district for eight years. I've coached for eight years, and where my story starts is I have. My two youngest kiddos are high-functioning special needs. We weren't getting the support that, they, that we felt they needed, so we started talking at the Board of Education meetings and so on and so forth, trying to get that support. I soon dove into everything district that I possibly could, and I found a lot of concern from our community members, and I found community members that absolutely loved our district. And, every story in between. I believe that there's wrongs that we have to right. I believe that there's great things that we have to support. There's also things that we need to fix and focus on. And that would be 
academic success, reading, writing, and arithmetic. I think there's rooms for room, room for improvement, and I taught my kids if uh, if you're going to sit there and speak on such issues, you you need to step up to the plate and uh, try to help help fix it. And that's why I'm here today. Okay. Okay. Uh, uh, so let's see. Tell us a little bit uh, more about uh, the district as you see it, Yasmin, and uh, um, you know what, what's your read on the district, transparency in the classroom, those kinds of things. Well, I believe that we are lacking a bit of transparency. Uh, I can't speak very much on fiscal transparency, even though I feel like we are not as transparent as we claim to be in that department. But uh, for example, in the classroom, so um, I can tell you that uh, our current fourth graders, for example, have gone through three different math curriculums and we expect them to just, you know, go on and, and, and do another curriculum all the time. And my thing is, you know, math is math and five plus five is always going to equal 10. So I, I, I'm not understanding why we're continuously doing that and spending all this money on changing curriculum. Um, but also I've spoken with parents and they were not aware that their children had been exposed to so many different curriculums. Um, also in the classroom, there's a lot of discipline issues that we're seeing and, you know, teachers' hands are tied and we are just not supporting our teachers in that department um, a lot of the times. I know a lot of friends that I have that our teachers have had to leave the classroom and they're very heartbreaking because they want to stay and want to help the children, but they're just not getting the support that they need. I want to ensure that um, as a slate and myself personally, that we empower our teachers and our staff and that we ensure there's academic success in the classroom and we have repercussions, like, you know, to, you know, help them with discipline, uh, things like that. We need to bridge our diverse barriers. Uh, I've noticed that we also lack um, support in um, our ELL department and especially in our special needs department. There is definitely uh, things that we need to address urgently. And I will not say that this is just, it's a scary Everything it, it is not. There's amazing things happening in our district for sure. Um, however, we need to make sure that everybody receives the same beautiful experience in public education um, that I feel like uh, we all deserve. So that's where I stand on that. Well, I, I would say Nancy said that... Um that uh, the funding worked out to about $20,000 per kid. So that would be if the class was uh, just a class of 20. Let's see, that's uh, what, uh, 22, 400000 is that right, $400,000? So 10, yeah, that'd be $400,000 for a class of 20. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Ah, I tell you, Ryan, I think for that kind of yeah, money, everybody should be able to read and, able write to and read do arithmetic. Write and do arithmetic. Yeah, that's a really good point. And, you know, I think we need to make that reading goal. We need to hold ourselves accountable in the district and make sure that our kids are reading by grade three. That is a data point that I latch on to. There's some data that I push away. This is a data point that we really need to harbor as a district, get these kids reading at a third grade level, because if we fail at that, 
it is so hard for them to catch back up after that after that and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and if with like to your point if we can't do that with four hundred thousand dollars in a single classroom and that's that's a low ball right estimate right. because a lot of our classrooms have 25 27 kids in them you know I really can't give you a good excuse on why we can't we can't meet that goal. Uh, absolutely. So, uh, Ryan Wilkin, thank you so much, and Yasmin Navarro. Uh, then Elizabeth Carney is on that team, as well as uh, Nancy Rumfelt. Uh, Ryan, again, what is uh, that website where people can find all this information about the four of you that's running for Thompson Valley? Thompson or, uh, excuse me, Thompson excuse School me, District. Thompson School District. The website is www.voteforbalance.com. It's F-O-R, so www.voteforbalance.com. Okay, again, and thank you so much, uh, Ryan Wilkin, and thank you so much, uh, Yasmin Navarro, and of course to Nancy and to Nancy Rumfeld and Elizabeth Carney as well. We get to have these important discussions, uh, and they are so important for our children, for our state, and we get to do this because of sponsors like Karen Levine. With the limited number of homes in the Colorado Front Range market, Karen Levine can help you achieve your home buying or selling vision. Karen has the right connections, technology, and strategies to help you buy or sell your home or to purchase a new build. Whether you're feeling overwhelmed or want someone to take the wheel, or you just need a second opinion, you can rest assured that REMAX Realtor Karen Levine is the right agent for you. Call Karen Levine at 303-877-7516. Karen is the trusted professional who strives for excellence. That number is 303-877-7516. Boson Law is a local law firm dedicated to helping injured individuals in Denver and the surrounding areas fight for the justice they deserve. Boson Law focuses on personalized representation tailored to your unique situation with one-on-one attention and counsel and consistent communication. Boson Law personal injury attorneys have extensive trial experience and have successfully represented clients against the interests of powerful corporations, manufacturers, insurance companies, and government agencies. Contact Boson Law at 303-999-9999 for a complimentary in-person consultation. Again, that number is 303-999-9999. Call now at 303-9999. Our future depends on educated, informed, and active citizens. You could do your part by reading Dr. James Lyons-Weiler's latest articles at Popular Rationalism on Substack. That's popularrationalism.com. All of Kim's sponsors are an inclusive partnership with Kim and are not affiliated with or in partnership with KLZ or Crawford Broadcasting. If you would like to support the work of the Kim Munson Show and grow your business, contact Kim at her website, kimmunson.com. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. And welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. Check out our website. That is Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N dot com. Sign up for our weekly email newsletter, and you can email me at Kim at Kim Munson dot com as well. Uh, thank you to all of you who support us. We're an independent voice and search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. If something's a good idea, you should not have to force people to do it. And uh, really, we're, uh, gosh, I cannot believe that. 
November is right around the corner, which means that Veterans Day is right around the corner as well. And this is the time to truly honor our veterans. And you can do that by donating a brick and supporting the USMC Memorial Foundation remodel. And uh, the, uh, the, the, the memorial, it was founded in 1974, completed and dedicated in 77. It's located in Golden, Colorado, and it's the memorial's mission to honor Marines and all who have served. There will be five walkways that represent different aspects of acknowledging service for, Marine, for Marines and other branches. And four of the walkways are reserved for Marines, the remaining walkways dedicated to other service members. And so you can select an individual walkway and purchase a brick. And uh, you can learn more by going to USMC Memorial Foundation. I actually have purchased two bricks, one for my father, who was in the Air Force, and one for my father's cousin, who was in the Navy, that was actually killed at Pearl Harbor in World War II. And uh, so this is a great way to honor your own uh, military service or those that you love, you can go to usmcmemorialfoundation.org for more information. Uh, I wanted to go through some of these things on on the voter's guide, and I know that there was a... a um a debate the other the other evening. Uh, it was uh, uh, Jared Polis and Art Laffer on one side in favor of Proposition HH, and Michael Fields and Representative Rose Puglisi on the against side. Now, I did not see the uh, I, I did not, not watch the debate because I, I just really I just really want to go to the, the true source. And that is why I would highly recommend that you check out my voter's guide because I have the, the question that is on the ballot. But then I have the link to all of the background information. And uh, our young producer, uh, Joe, who's 25, he said that he'd gone to the, the voter's guide and he said it was made it very easy for people to understand these issues. And so I've gone to the source instead of all of the influencing component. And I wanted to have a real conversation with Dr. Brian Dimitrovic last week on the show because he is with uh, good friends with Art Laffer. They've written books together. Uh, he's with the Laffer Institute. And because we were having all of the challenges, we weren't able to do that. So I need to have a, an offline conversation on this because I've got to I got to be I got to say if 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 Art Laffer actually read this thing, I, I mean, I'd be really surprised if he really was in favor of it. But he and Polis are friends. I think Polis was an intern for Laffer. Um, I think Laffer was on the board of, of maybe some of Polis's family's businesses. And so, they, and I understand that, you know, there's those those great relationships, but that should not cloud what is, what is really happening. So I'm going to, first of all, talk, <clears throat> talk about Proposition uh, HH. And it, the background of this is Senate Bill 23303, which was presented on the very last day where it could be presented in the state legislature. And depending, it's different for each people that print it off, but when I print it off, it's 48 pages. So it's a piece of legislation that was written to be put onto the ballot. So it was passed really right down party lines. Then it was sent to the governor's desk. He signed it to put this onto the ballot. And I've explained a number of the way things get onto the ballot. If there is a question on the ballot that is a letter, for example, 8H 
or II, it's been referred by the legislature, signed by the governor, to get it onto the ballot. The other way a question could get onto the ballot is via petitioning. And you've seen that. That would be uh, it's supposed to be citizens' pet- petitions, but it's very expensive and difficult to get those onto the ballot. Uh, so there's also big money over there on that side. But but that would be where somebody's standing out, in f- out front of the grocery store, the hardware store, asking for your signature. Don't just give your signature away. Uh, when they say, we, hey, we just want to get it on the ballot, make sure that you understand what the question is before you put it on the ballot. Uh, because many times this is could be people with a specific agenda, uh, interested parties with a specific agenda. And once they get that on the ballot, then big money can come in to influence it. And a perfect example would be the whole gray wolf um, question that ended up on the ballot and then was passed by the people of Colorado, uh, primarily here in the urban centers, but yet it was introducing wolves on the uh, west side of the Continental Divide. Of course, I, I don't think wolves know what those boundaries are, but quite frankly, if the people in Boulder and Denver love wolves, then they should put them in their backyard instead of somebody else's backyard where it can attack um Livestock and a whole variety of things like that. So that explains that. So Senate Bill 23303 became Prop HH, which is on the ballot. The first thing out of the box is the ballot language is totally dishonest. uh, And it is totally different than what was presented uh, that was presented for the um, Um, uh, for Prop HH. So here we go. The question on the ballot says this. It says, shall the state reduce property taxes for homes and businesses? Sounds good. Including expanding property tax relief for seniors. Uh, Well, actually, I think we should have property tax relief for everybody, but they put that in there to, to get the senior vote. And backfill counties, water districts, fire districts, ambulance and hospital districts. You may not understand what that means is, uh, but but we are all facing significant property tax increases, and all of these districts have a windfall. And um, so if there was a little bit of a reduction in property taxes, then they're going to have a little bit of a reduction in this big windfall that they have. And so what this would do is take our taper refunds to backfill just a little bit of, of lowering that property tax, even though it's gone up a lot. And so that's what that actually means. And, uh, and so it says uh, backfill counties, water districts, fire districts, ambulance and hospital districts, and other local governments, and fund school districts by using a portion of the state surplus. Well, that is your Tabor refund up to the Proposition HH cap as defined in this measure. And when you look at the measure... It exponentially uh, it it um, increases and in- increases increase and increases the taper cap until at some point in time there is no taper cap, which means you will no longer get your taper refunds. But that's what the, the that's what the question is. But my friends, this is what was actually referred by, and and I I hope this isn't too much in the weeds, but we do, do need to learn this. And this is what the actual measure said that was referred from the legislature, signed by the governor, and then there's all these machinations that go through the, the language on it. But this is what, what, the, what it actually says. 
says concerning a reduction in property taxes and in connection therewith creating a limit on annual property tax increases. Okay, that sounds good, but this is what it says. For certain local governments, temporarily reducing the valuation for assessment of certain residential and non-residential property, creating new subclasses of property. So four different taxing into uh, um, subclasses uh, again. So this is this is not treating everybody equally. This is so against the uh, Constitution of the United States, permitting the state to retain and spend revenue up to the Proposition HH cap, then requiring the reti- retained revenue to be used to reimburse certain local governments for lost property tax revenue and to be deposited in the state education fund to backfill the reduction in school district property tax revenue, transferring general fund money to the state public school fund and to a cash fund and also be used for the reimbursements, eliminating the cap, the amount of excess state revenues that may be used for the reimbursement for the 2023 property tax year, referring a ballot issue and making an appropriation. Okay, Rachel. I know that, uh, Producer Rachel, you have been busy. I mean, you're managing a whole nother station here at, at Crawford. You're busy with life. You're going to be starting to look at your ballot. Does this not seem dishonest or what? Yes, absolutely. You know, and I just went on your website and I downloaded your um, your guide, the voter's guide. So thank you for doing that because... Here's the thing. I just get frustrated. You know, we're all so busy. Um, A lot of the language in this is confusing. And I don't have time to take a day off to try to learn all this stuff. So we need folks like you to give us a voter's guide and have radio shows to explain what really is the issue here. So with this in particular, uh, this issue, Prop HH, I'm going to definitely vote no for that. Um, I learned right now um, during the show what that's all about. But had I not been working the show and also looking at your voter's guide, I think I'd be confused. Well, and I think that's by intention. And James Madison said that laws, and I'm paraphrasing, should not be so voluminous that people cannot understand this. So here we have 48 pages. It's difficult to understand. Just on those two things alone would be a no vote. But I'm going to continue to talk about more of this and when we come back. We have these important discussions because of sponsors. One of those great sponsors is Lauren Levy. If you are 62 or older, a reverse mortgage could be a great tool regarding retirement and estate planning. It is essential to understand the process. Lauren Levy with Polygon Financial Group has nearly 20 years in the mortgage industry and has the experience to answer your questions. Lauren understands that each financial transaction is personal. If you'd like to explore your options on a reverse mortgage, remodel your home, buy a rental property, or move, Call Lauren Levy at 303-880-8881. Licensed in 49 states, Kim Monson highly recommends Lauren Levy for all your mortgage needs. Call Lauren at 303-880-8881. You'd like to get in touch with one of the sponsors of The Kim Monson Show, but you can't remember their phone contact or website information. Find a full list of advertising partners on Kim's website, KimMonson.com. That's Kim, M-O-N-S-O-N dot com. Shooting outside can be limited, but at Franktown Firearms 10-lane, 30-yard indoor range, the weather is always just right. 
Ranktown's range supports handguns, shotguns, rifles up to 50 caliber, and even black powder loads. And safety equipment is provided for free. Since Franktown's range is connected with their gun store, they have a full selection of rental firearms so you can try before you buy to ensure that it's a good fit for you. And if you become a member at Franktown Firearms and Shooting Range, you can even access the range after hours. The range is very well ventilated with fresh air constantly so you can breathe easy while you shoot. Most importantly, Franktown Firearms is a family-owned and operated gun store. At Franktown, you will be treated with respect as their client because they want you to be confident with your shooting and keep coming back. So use your own gun or try a new one on the range at Franktown Firearms today. Go to klzradio.com slash franktown to find out more. Franktown Firearms, where friends are made. Welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. Be sure and check out our website. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Sign up for our weekly email newsletter. You can email me at Kim at KimMunson.com as well. Uh, I'm just going to mention just a couple of other things about Prop HH. Uh, on page 12, it says, uh, and, and again, these different governing bodies, uh, it's a suggestion for them to lower their mill levies. But it says here, and I find this amazing, uh, this is subset number five. It says, the final decision by a governing body to impose a mill levy that exceeds the property tax limit in accordance with the procedure set forth in subsection four of this section is deemed to be final and conclusive and not subject to an appeal to a court. Haha. What about that? And then you, are, all of you that are uh, taking the senior property tax exemption, uh, you're going to have to now, and Toby Domish and I talked about this last week. I can tell I'm getting hot about this. And that is, is uh, that if you are taking that, you have to complete an application for the property to be classified as primary residence real property or as a qualified senior primary residence real property on a form prescribed by the administrator that includes the following. The applicant's name, mailing address, and social security number. The address and schedule or parcel number of the property. The name and social security number of the applicant's spouse or civil union party party who occupies the uh, property as the spouse or civil union partner's primary residence. You have to provide that just because you live there, Rachel. Can you believe that? Yeah, that's that's insane. And I'm just thinking about my my parents right now um, with that. Yeah. Yeah. And actually, if they don't do that, I think it's a misdemeanor. Wow. Wow. You know, and this is why it's so helpful, Kim, that you're sharing all this. Because like I was saying before, we don't have time. A lot of us, we're just so busy to to really look into this. So we do need folks like you um, who can just share the information. And I, I asked you during the break, I said, do you think they do this on purpose, make it confusing? And you said yes. Absolutely. And so we vote no just because of that. Then Prop II, uh, they want to keep extra money from nicotine products. And, of course, it's for the children, for preschool. Well, my first of all, say no. Second of all, it's not government's role to be pr- providing preschool for kids. And when you look at curriculum, what what has occurred uh, <laughs> regarding curriculum K through 12, they want to get their hands on these little ones even quicker. And so we need to say no to all of that money. So I want to move over to, uh, and again, many of you may have um, property tax increase questions for school districts on your ballot as well. Vote no. 
uh, because you are already facing, depending on where you live, 40 to 50 percent increase in your property taxes. And I am a strong no on questions, uh, Douglas County School District question 5A and 5B. The first is a $66 million per year mill levy override. This is a forever tax. Vote no on that just because there is no sunset. We cannot, we cannot vote these blank checks uh, for these school districts. And I do think that we need to pay our great teachers more. But uh, we need to, I think, start to reduce administrative staff and make sure we're getting more money into these, uh, more money to our great teachers. And uh, so I'm a strong no on that question. I think the school district is just tone deaf to what is happening with people and these property taxes. And I'm so concerned that our seniors are going to be taxed out of their properties. And we've got young people that are trying to figure out how to buy something. We've got families that are trying to keep it together with high inflation. So these are our main reasons, though, uh, on a 5A, uh, no, vote no on 5A in Douglas County. So the school district MLO tax increase would be on top of the 40 to 50 percent property tax increase in 2024, which is due to this home value reassessment. Secondly, with possible uh, possible economic recession and high interest rates, 2024 is not the time for a tax increase. It says there's no sunset, which I mentioned. And this tax rate can be uh, increased or decreased, or excuse me, the, um, the mill levy can be increased or decreased to collect that $66 million every year. The school district's per-pupil funding has increased 43% since 2017, not including any mill levy override. And at this point in time, the Douglas County School District is not growing. And uh, so we do need to figure out a way. They need to look under every cushion to figure out how to pay teachers more. But now is not the time to ask the taxpayer for more, more money. And then they want to actually double the debt by question B for, by $484 million that we would all need to pay as well. And this is just not the time to do that. And so recommending a no on both of those, recommending a no on Prop HH, a no on Prop II. And again, uh, both of those are just uh, II and HH uh, are, were referred to the ballot. And I've got the, it was a House bill. Hold on. And all, the, all of this you can find at my website. This is, uh, that was House Bill 231290 that referred II to the ballot as well. Then additionally, these school board races, as we've looked at the education of our children, we are, look at, we're spending millions. I, we ask each of these different school uh, board members what their budget is. It's millions and millions and millions of dollars. And our kids are not learning how to read and write and do arithmetic. I want my money back is what, you know, I want to say, I want my money back. Uh, if these kids cannot learn how to read and write and do arithmetic. And so that is why I, uh, I, I have on my website, I have 60, 70, I need to count them, how many different uh, school board candidates that I am recommending. So we are a, a week out now. Tomorrow is a week out. It's too late to mail your ballot. In fact, I do not recommend that you mail your ballot. But uh, it is important that you vote, and it is important that you encourage those in your sphere of influence to vote. Those with the radical activist, activist agenda, those that want to increase taxes, 
significantly are betting that this is going to be a low voter turnout uh, election. And many times it is regarding these um, these uh, off year elections. But go to my website. Uh, Nobody paid me to do this. Uh, There's no special interest in this. This is a, a voter's guide that is put together for you and me, we the people. And it is put together so that you can be informed on what is occurring out there. And, it, and if you don't agree with me, that is just fine. It doesn't hurt my feelings. What does hurt my feelings is that when people vote and they, they don't know what they're voting on. Uh, they're told that this voting in America is a sacred right, and it is. But there's also a sacred responsibility to this, and that is to know who you're voting for, what they stand for, what the issues are, and if you don't take the time to do it, then don't vote. But you have a responsibility to do that. And so my voter's guide, uh, I hope, will be a great uh, a great tool for you, and uh, you do have a responsibility to be informed and to vote. And, uh, again, I hope that my voter's guide can be a tool to do that. And so um, several things, I guess. Uh, I, I went to Thomas Sowell again for quotes. He's so awesome. And he said this. He said, the Constitution cannot protect us unless we protect the Constitution. That's why these elections are important, my friends. Elect people that do care about the Constitution. So, my friends, today be grateful. Read great books. Think good thoughts. Listen to beautiful music. Communicate and listen well, honestly and authentically. Strive for high ideals. And like Superman, stand for truth, justice, and the American way. You are not alone, my friends. God bless you. God bless America. And stay tuned for hour number two. and opinions expressed on KLZ 560 are those of the speaker, commentators, hosts, their guests, and callers. They are not necessarily the views and opinions of Crawford Broadcasting or KLZ Management, employees, associates, or advertisers. KLZ 560 is a Crawford Broadcasting God and Country station. It's the Kim Munson Show, analyzing the most important stories. The socialization of transportation, education, energy, housing, and water, what it means is that government controls it through rules and regulations. The latest in politics and world affairs. Under this guise of bipartisanship and nonpartisanship, it's actually tapping down the truth. Today's current opinions and ideas. On an equal field in the battle of ideas, mistruths and misconceptions is getting us into a world of hurt. Is it freedom or is it force? Let's have a conversation. Indeed, let's have a conversation. Happy Monday. Welcome to our number two of the Kim Munson Show. Thank you so much for joining us. You're each treasured, you're valued, you have purpose today. Strive for excellence. Take care of your heart, your soul, your mind, and your body. My friends, we were made for this moment. Thank you to the team. That's producer Joe, producer Rachel, producer Luke, Zach, Echo, Charlie, all the people here at Crawford Broadcasting. Happy Monday, producer Rachel. Happy Monday. And uh, I'm, glad, uh, I'm glad that it's uh, the snow has dissipated. <laughs> I know winter came like that. Yeah, I mean, 
goodness gracious, I was getting a little spoiled with uh, this beautiful autumn that we had. I know, and it's typical Colorado where, you know, the 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 day before it's sunny and nice and then the day after you know have you seen those photos on facebook it's hilarious where you see you know sunny in the morning and then the <laughs> afternoon total total opposite snow and blizzard yeah i know colorado is the only place that you can wear your swimming suit and your snow boots on the same day <laughs> exactly <laughs> <laughs> so great great to have you behind the boards uh uh, producer Joe uh, took a day off to be with family, and so that's super, super awesome. And so, Rachel, it's great to have you here. Thank you. And thank you to Good Nicole, to be here. Yes, who Nicole is, well. is here as well. Nicole, I so appreciate you supporting here and being here as well. Hi, guys. Great to be here. Thank you. Thank you. Great team. Great team here. Uh, check out my website. That's KimMunson.com. You all uh, can sign up for our newsletter. You will get first look at our upcoming guests, our most recent essays, two great essays. Uh, Brad Beck uh, did a uh, review of A Climate Conversation, which is the documentary that I'm involved in. And uh, then also Rick Turnquist, his uh, essay. And we're going to get him back on because we really did not get to delve into that. So we're going to get him back on here in a couple of weeks to talk about exactly wrong Democrats and crime. And so we're going to make sure that that happens. But uh, all that is happening at the website. You can sign up there. And then the voter's guide is there as well. Election Day is one week from tomorrow. You have a responsibility to be an informed voter. My hope is is that my voter's guide can help you do that. And it, it has the links to the actual measures so that you see everything there. My analysis you may disagree. That's just fine. But be an informed voter. So be sure and check that out. And the Center for American Values, which is located in Pueblo, Colorado, on the beautiful Riverwalk. Uh, it is uh, focused on a couple of different things. One, honoring our Medal of Honor recipients. And then also uh, taking these foundational principles of America, of honor, integrity, and patriotism, and understanding them. And then also putting together educational programs for public uh, public educators, homeschool educators, and now uh, an online program K through 12 on civics. Now the center is non-political; they are focused on these big ideas, and we are really moving. I think to we we need to move past Democrat versus Republican, right versus left. This is really America versus in the, the American experiment, the American idea, the American, uh, you know, you know what, what we have going on here of, of freedom and liberty, the responsible exercise of freedom, all of these things, the sanctity of the individual. We are past all of these, these right versus left, this whole political thing. And that's what's so beautiful about the Center for American Values is they are not political. They are focused on honor, integrity, and patriotism. And you can get more information by going to AmericanValuesCenter.org. That's AmericanValuesCenter.org. Our word of the day is nomenclature. And it is spelled N-O-M-E-N-C-L-A-T-U-R-E. And it's a system of names used in an art or science. And I, I may be out on a limb on this, but I said, while we do not know the nomenclature of names influencing Joe and Hunter Biden, it does not take a rocket scientist to figure out that there was something fishy going on. <laughs> How do you like that, Rachel? I think that works. I was trying to think, how can I use that today? I don't know if this quite works, but the phone list here at Crawford Broadcasting. <laughs> I yes, is a nomenclature of yeah. names. Yeah. And I often look at that. So. Okay. Uh, so, yes, you can use that. So good luck on that. Um, a quote of the day 
from Thomas Sowell, born in 1930. He's an American economist, author, social commentator, who's a senior fellow at the Hoover Institute. And uh, he has widely published many commentary and books. And he's a well-known in, voice in the American conservative mo- movement as a prominent black conservative. And he said this, not since the days of Hitler youth have young people been subjected to more propaganda on more politically correct issues. At one time, educators boasted that their role was to teach the students what um, what it was not to teach students what to think, but how to think. Today, their role is far too often to teach students what to think on everything from immigration to global warming to the new sacred trinity of race, class, and gender. Again, that's Thomas Sowell. We have these discussions because we have great sponsors, and I'm so blessed to have each and every one of them. And a great way to uh, support the show is to uh, do business with my sponsors. And I know that each and every one of them strive for excellence. And I say on the show all the time that I get to work with really amazing people, and that is also with all of my sponsors. I know each and every one of them personally and highly recommend them. They each strive for excellence. And Roger Mangan is in studio with me, and uh, he is my insurance agent. It is great to have you here. He's a State Farm agent. And your team, I'm so impressed. They so work work diligently for excellence, mm-hmm. and so, so impressed with that. So, Roger, first of all, thank you for your sponsorship. It's so great to have you here. Well, thank you for that compliment, Kim. Very important to us in my office, and anybody in the industry would be joyed to hear someone like you say that. Well, let's uh, let's get into the way that you help people on a regular basis. You've been in business for a long time, taking care of your family, uh, supporting your community, taking care of your clients. But Roger, I think about it. I think about our young people, and they are they're so squeezed with these high interest rates. Trying to think about trying to to buy a home, uh, inflation. Uh, little kids, how expensive it is to just have a family, uh, and maybe just a single person. They're just squeezed in so many different ways. So let's talk about that single young person that's uh, trying to get out on their own. What do they need to think about regarding insurance coverage? Well, if we're talking about life insurance, the question always comes up. I don't need it because it'll never happen to me. Of course, in my business, I see it happening to more people than you would imagine. At the same time, they're frightened by the aspect of adding another bill to their monthly cash flows. But I think what you should think about as a young person, someday you will be married, and when you buy insurance, you have to qualify for it. And there are usually four levels with most companies of costs associated with life insurance. If you're a smoker, it's problematic. It's very expensive. But then there's three other levels. And if you're in the elite platinum level, you're paying about 30% less than the person in level two. So every company has their own nomenclature that goes with those levels. But I think thinking ahead and being somewhat fiduciarily responsible If you're married and have a family, it goes without saying, you need life insurance. Most employers will provide that. And they even give you an option to buy more. So let's say you automatically get 50000 because that's what the employer in their group can write off or deduct. The government allows them to deduct 
that benefit as the employer. So let's say that you have an offer to buy a 250000 group and the cost is $20 a month. Do it. I wouldn't go to a private insurer if I was really tight on my budget, but I would certainly exercise my right as an employee to opt into additional life insurance through my employer at you're never going to get a better rate, okay? The problem with that strategy is you may not always be working for that employer. Most businesses, small businesses, do not provide those kinds of benefits that big corporate entities do. So you're pretty much on your own often. So what kind do you buy? Well, there's essentially two kinds of life insurance, term life and cash value life insurance. Cash value life insurance is really something you should evolve to as a young adult. Um, term, there's 10-year, 20-year, 15-year, 30-year term. The longer the period you lock it in for that, let's say you lock in a 30-year term for 250000 that might cost you um, somewhere in the neighborhood of $50 a month. That same two fifty for ten years could be as little as twenty dollars a month, depending on which of those four levels you're in. If you're in the elite level, very healthy, you know, and healthy has a lot to do with blood pressure, any medications you're on. The insurance company will want to know a lot about you to let you lock in that rate for let's say ten years. If you lock it in for ten years and you now become prosperous in that time period. You can always convert that term to a cash value policy. And I think I told the story, and I'll wait, Ken. I see you might have a question here. Well, I think that, that it's really, uh, yeah, I think it's really important. So, yes, tell us, um, tell us the story. Or what we might do is we might keep that as a cliffhanger for next week. What do you think about that, uh, Roger? We can do that. Sure. Okay. okay. We'll do that. And I'm talking with Roger Mangan, and he is a State Farm agent. Highly recommend him. Like a good neighbor, the Roger Mangan team is there. You can reach them at 303-795-8855. With the limited number of homes in the Colorado Front Range market, Karen Levine can help you achieve your home buying or selling vision. Karen has the right connections, technology, and strategies to help you buy or sell your home or to purchase a new build. Whether you're feeling overwhelmed or want someone to take the wheel, or you just need a second opinion, you can rest assured that REMAX Realtor Karen Levine is the right agent for you. Call Karen Levine at 303 877 7516. Karen is the trusted professional who strives for excellence. That number is 303-877-7516. You'd like to get in touch with one of the sponsors of The Kim Monson Show, but you can't remember their phone contact or website information. Find a full list of advertising partners on Kim's website, kimmonson.com. That's Kim, M-O-N-S-O-N dot com. Welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. Be sure and check out our website. That is Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N dot com. Sign up for our weekly email newsletter, and you can email me at Kim at Kim Munson dot com as well. Thank you to all of you who support us. We're an independent voice, and we search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues 
through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. If something's a good idea, you should not have to force people to do it. And uh, be sure and go over over to my website, KimMunson.com, and uh, request our voter's guide. Uh, My team and I spent an enormous amount of time on this to help you be an informed voter, not an influenced voter. And uh, you may disagree with... um, Uh, what I have uh, recommended, and that's just fine. But be an informed voter and know what you're you're voting on. You have a responsibility to do so. And thank you to Jansen Photography. They are sponsors of the show. Mary Jansen, last week when we were having all these technical difficulties, got in the car and drove over here uh, just to, to be in studio. And I so appreciate their sponsorship. And Glenn Jansen, uh, who who runs the camera at Jansen Photography, knows lighting. And uh, you can take a look at their website. They specialize in these beautiful portraits of families and children and senior portraits. And uh, you should always have that great uh, photo for your business or political career. Jansen Photography can help with all of that. That is J-A-N-S-S-E-N photography.com. Very pleased to have on the line with me the National Security Expert at the Epic Times, Andrew Thornbrook. Andrew, welcome to the show. Well, thank you so much for having me, Kim. It's a pleasure to be here. It's it's great to have you. And oh my gosh, our national security, I see so many risks that we have at the southern border. Now what's happening over in the Middle East, uh, leaving all of the military equipment in Afghanistan that bad guys could use. Uh, giving Iran $6 billion in this uh, prisoner swap and then finding out that they're behind attacks on us. I mean, so you're you're the expert on this. What should people know? Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, I think first, first and foremost, the, the big problem right now is that the United States is being pressed indirectly uh, in a number of places. Of course, there's Ukraine, there's Israel, there's the southern border. There's also aid we have to continue to provide and defense we have to provide for our allies like South Korea and the Philippines. We have to worry about the Taiwan issue. So the real risk right now is that the United States is just, first of all, resource strapped in terms of cash flow uh, that it might otherwise put towards some of these things. You know, we have huge uh, debt right now as well as the myriad policy issues in Washington. Uh, Then there's also the real hard power problem, which is we don't have enough Material. We, we don't have enough munitions, uh, particularly in artillery. Uh, we don't have enough ships. We don't have enough uh, crew to man and maintain our submarine fleet uh, at, in mass. Uh, so I think the real, the real big issue of the day is that the United States is pressed hard on multiple fronts, and over time it's not going to be able to respond to new threats as they emerge because of that. It does not have to be this way, does it, Andrew? Uh, I mean, this is certainly, I think, uh, a public policy public policy that we've seen from the old Biden administration. Yeah, it's difficult. Um, there, there's certainly policy problems that, that are exasperating the issue. You know, we can think about uh, how the border has been handled, for instance. Uh, others, however, are, are a little bit more long-term. You know, if we think about the deficit, this huge debt that we have that's right. really we're just continue to borrow against. I mean, that's basically been happening since 2001. Uh, you know, From both sides of the aisle. It's a 9-11. Yeah, it's, this has been a problem since since 2001, since 9-11. Um, that started with us trying to respond to 9-11 and then just spiraled and spiraled and spiraled throughout uh, 
four administrations now. There, there needs to finally be some political will to do something about this. And are you watching at all on the domestic front this this whole thing with the Speaker of the House? And do do you weigh in on that at all, Andrew? I don't weigh in on that. I try to uh, give the Capitol building a a long arm of compassion, we might say. <laughs> but, uh, um, I mean, there are certainly. It's difficult to say if it's a problem of will or if it's a problem of too many wills and too many wrong wills. You know, this we've, we've had Congresses, multiple consecutive Congresses, that have systematically sort of given away their ability to legislate to these independent agencies, which some of that is good and some of that is not. But overall, in the long term, it's had the effect of essentially turning Congress into a uh, you know, all show, essentially. We, mm-hmm. we don't have uh, as much legislation as we would like, not meaningful legislation. We essentially get uh, some spending packages that we have very public fights. Everyone get their sound bite in. It's all very deliberate. You know, no one is this vitriolic when they're off the camera. So it's, it's all for show. Everyone can uh, get their sound bite in and then pass the bill that funds everything. But really in terms of meaningful legislation that will change the directory of, say, our foreign policy border security, uh, Middle East policy, especially in our presence there, we're just not seeing it. And I, I, I don't know. I, I couldn't speak it as to whether or not we will see it, but I'm not hopeful on that end, certainly. Well, what you've described, uh, Andrew Thornbrook, is uh, Congress has actually, I think they've abdicated their responsibility to to do the job that they're to do, and that is to be the representatives of the people. And so the hard decisions that they don't want to be responsible to the people for, they've, they've abdicated that over to these ABC bureau, bureaucratic agencies that are not accountable to the people. And that's, I think, how one of the reasons that we're in the mess that we're in. And I have been giving some speeches um, recently that I really believe that we are in the third founding of America. Uh, obviously, the first founding was during the Revolutionary War, the Continental Army, the founders. The second was the Civil War. But I think that we, and, and I say on the show all the time, we're made for this moment. I really think that we are, are in our third founding to see, to see what, you know, if we're going to continue with this great American idea. I know that's, those are strong words, but I really think that's where we are, Andrew. That's a difficult issue. You know, there, we're certainly seeing uh, historic levels of polarization uh, across the board. Uh, even moderates feel polarized from the left and the right, right? So uh, these are going to be problems that we're going to have to contend with, or they're going to contend with us. Excellent point. Tell us more about you. How is it that, uh, I mean, the Epic Times is doing amazing journalistic work. Uh, you're the expert on national security questions there. Tell us a little bit about your your story. How did you end up where you are right now? Oh, yeah. Well, it's been a, been a bit of a haul. I've been here a few years now. I originally got brought on as a uh, special reporter for the China team, you know, just covering the Chinese Communist Party, trying to expose the myriad ways in which they were uh, breaking international law and trying to undermine the United States. Uh, my, my background was military history, so I, I really got brought in to address these sorts of issues of competition, ongoing competition with China. Uh, which certainly has a very large military component, though, of course, China has spread it, uh, the competition far beyond military aspect. 
Well, and with China, as we look at, gosh, um, I have a guest on regularly. We talk about issues of rural America. And the fact that China or Chinese companies are buying up a lot of land here in America, what's your thoughts about that, uh, Andrew? Yeah, it's a very interesting issue. You know, of course, I think the the big worry there was uh, that some of these land buys were made by people with direct ties to the Chinese Communist Party and that they were being made fairly close, within about a dozen miles or so, of, of major U.S. military installations. And so there's certainly a problem that we have to contend with in terms of Chinese uh, intelligence collection. This is something that we've been dealing with across the board. It, it's, it's saturated our environment. It, it's happening in private companies with intellectual property theft, you know, with moles essentially working at a company, then taking that information and delivering it back to China. It's happened in our military. Uh, it's happened at our, our largest nuclear uh, research facility at Los Alamos Laboratory. You know, uh, we, we've a number of advances in China's uh, nuclear and hypersonics program came from researchers that were actually brought over and trained in the United States. Um, so this is, in terms of intelligence collection, I, I think that's really where the threat is with the land purchases, you know, that these facilities or these, this land could be used to establish uh, radio or other communications equipment to, to intercept communications, whether that's cell phone chatter or uh, really try to get perhaps some, some radar or something like that to try to gauge our response in term, around how, how we respond to various uh, stimuli around our military facilities. Uh, we might connect that back earlier in the year, of course, with the uh, spy balloon incident. And that spy balloon flew directly over three of our three facilities associated with our, our nuclear program. Uh, so it, it could very much be the case that this was really a test to see how we respond. Right? The military, the Pentagon has been very keen to say, oh, no information went back to China from that spy balloon. But that's just not true. They got a beautiful, beautiful rundown of exactly how the nation would respond in exactly that crisis. And uh, I think what they saw was, was pretty damning to the United States. Andrew Thornbrook, as I, uh, I'm looking out the window and I'm seeing Americans that are, are driving to work, taking their kids to school, and, and I, I'm so concerned that there is this danger, danger right underneath the surface that everyday hardworking Americans don't realize is there. Um, what, what do you think about that? Oh, yeah. I mean, if there's anything that we're seeing now, it's just the, ma- the mass proliferation of information technology, especially our interconnectedness in every way. Uh, there's enormous risk. <laughs> I don't mean to sound, sound depressing to your uh, listeners, but there's enormous risk in everything you do, from putting in your password in the wrong browser or you know, not realizing that your email had been leaked on a certain forum, things like this. Anything has a vastly outweighed risk compared to what it used to have or what we, we might have thought it to have, uh, in large part because so much of our lives is now interconnected through certain technologies, whereas, you know, even just 20 years ago, the vast majority of your life would have been between you and your neighbors. Uh, you would have been act- perhaps more active in your community instead of an online community. Uh, there, so there's certainly risks on the technological front. There's risks. Uh, in terms of your information being gathered, there's risks and just in all sorts of things. So, so I certainly 
could understand that feeling. No, I, I hope that it's not uh, all just doom and gloom. You know, we, we do have some smart people doing some smart things. So as long as that continues, I, I think there's always the silver lining. <laughs> I love that, Andrew Thornbrick, that there are, and there are, and and it really only takes a remnant. And um, that's one of the reasons why we do the show is to speak truth into these issues. Uh, what you're doing at the Epic Times is so important as well. I'm talking with Andrew Thornbrook. He is an expert in uh, national security uh, questions and things at the Epic Times. We'll continue the conversation, but we get to do this because uh, we have great sponsors, and one of those great sponsors is Johnny Stubbs Heating and Air Conditioning Services. And as many of you know, on the macro level, I uh, was involved with this documentary, A Climate Conversation, talking about just all these questions uh, and, and really taking a Socratic method of a- asking these questions about everything regarding climate change. But for your own personal climate, now that winter has arrived here in Colorado, uh, so heating your home, cooling your home, Johnny Stubbs Heating and Air Conditioning Services is the place to go for your own personal climate. Johnny Stubbs Services uses only the best quality products to ensure that your heating and cooling systems run efficiently and last for years. Johnny Stubbs Services' team of experts is available to provide the proper guidance and help you make informed decisions about your heating and cooling needs. Johnny Stubbs Services prides themselves on delivering prompt and reliable service and stands behind their work with a satisfaction guarantee. JohnnyStubbsServices.com, the trusted contractor for all your heating and air conditioning needs. That's JohnnyStubbsServices.com. If you are 62 or older, a reverse mortgage could be a great tool regarding retirement and estate planning. It is essential to understand the process. Lauren Levy with Polygon Financial Group has nearly 20 years in the mortgage industry and has the experience to answer your questions. Lauren understands that each financial transaction is personal. If you'd like to explore your options on a reverse mortgage, remodel your home, buy a rental property, or move, Call Lauren Levy at 303-880-8881. Licensed in 49 states, Kim Monson highly recommends Lauren Levy for all your mortgage needs. Call Lauren at 303-880-8881. Our future depends on educated, informed, and active citizens. You can do your part by reading Dr. James Lyons Weiler's latest articles at Popular Rationalism on Substack. That's popularrationalism.substack.com. Focused and wise marketing is essential for your success, especially during tough economic times. If you love the Kim Munson Show, strive for excellence and understand the importance of engaging in the battle of ideas that is raging in America. Then talk with Kim about partnership, sponsorship opportunities. Email Kim at KimMunson.com. Kim focuses on creating relationships with individuals and businesses that are tops in their fields. So they are the trusted experts listeners turn to when looking for products or services. Kim personally endorses each of her sponsors. Again, reach out to Kim at KimMunson.com. Welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. Be sure and check out our website. That is Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Sign up for our weekly email newsletter, and you can email me at Kim at KimMunson.com as well. Thank you to all of you who support us. We're an independent voice. We search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. If something's a good idea, you should not have to force people to do it. Text line is 720-605-0647, and I would highly recommend that you uh, take a look at 
AmericanValuesCenter.org. This is the website for the Center for American Values. And go to their On Value Speaker Series. And there's a couple of different uh, videos that I would recommend that you watch. And, and there are two that I was involved in. And that is uh, Henry Jones and Joan Anello. Uh, it was uh, September 11th. Joan Anello's husband uh, was actually uh, a POW during the Korean War. And Joe Anello and the story of Hershey Miyamura is so important. So check that out. And then also Medal of Honor recipient James McLaughlin. And both of those are so inspirational. And with all that's going on, a little inspiration goes a long way. And that is AmericanValueCenter.org. On the line with me is Andrew Thornbrook. He is the national security expert at the Epic Times. And Andrew, I, I was thinking about this during the break. We give Iran $6 billion. You, you have this headline from the 27th of October. China provides Iran with infrastructure investments in swap for oil. And, we, and we're giving Iran $6 billion. And then the next thing we see is that we're, we're, we're sending our own blood and treasure, our young soldiers, to attack Iran because they've been attacking us. This just doesn't make any sense to me. How, what do you think? Yeah, the issue of Iran has obviously been, been growing for many decades now. It's finally coming to a head. Uh, it's going to be an issue we're going to be continuing with probably for a long time, uh, short of some catastrophic conflict. Uh, but, yeah, so the, the issue of, of funding particularly is a, a key problem. Thankfully, as far as we can tell, the $6 billion that was okayed in September uh, did not have, uh, from what we can tell, a, a direct influence on the recent attacks. So that, that money has actually since been refrozen uh, in Qatari bank, bank accounts. So Iran does not currently have access to those funds. But there is, of course, always the question of whether or not the promise of those funds led them to spend money elsewhere uh, that they may not have otherwise done. And on the China issue, there is, of course, uh, huge benefit. To, to both powers, you know, China. China is the number one importer of Iranian oil. So despite sanctions, they, they largely do this through through private industry uh, or otherwise through barter deals. So we just saw a few months ago uh, a two and a half billion dollar uh, renovation and modernization of Iran's largest airport by China. Uh, but rather than being entering directly into uh, monetary relations with Iran, they made a deal where Iran would pay China in oil. Uh, so it was sort of skirting what would be a, a sanctionable offense if it had gone through banks, but it didn't go through banks. Uh, and this is, of course, going to really beef up Iran for a long time to come. This is meaningful infrastructure. And I think it points at what is really the the crisis of the current era, which is that sort of new axis that we've been hearing about since the second Bush administration, is finally becoming a, a coordinated entity. We, we have China, Russia, Iran, and North Korea acting with unprecedented coordination, working to give each other arms, mutually beneficial arms agreements, where they're you know, giving each other what they can't get elsewhere. Uh, and really mutually supporting one another in their own domains, which, going back to the beginning of our conversation, is going to press the United States on multiple fronts, and it can't maintain all those fronts simultaneously. So, okay. 
So China, I, I mean, I've seen different headlines that said from an economic standpoint that China is somewhat maybe in a tenuous position. I think one of their big, you know, housing companies, uh, I think, went bankrupt. And so they're, I mean, they have challenges there. If we had some real leadership here in America, I think that we could take advantage of that vulnerability, but I don't see that happening. First of all, is that correct? Am I, am I, in, is, am I informed correctly on that, Andrew, uh, or not? Uh, yes and no. So, so China is certainly in a tenuous position economically. Uh, we're seeing it, it lose some influence, particularly with the Belt and Road Initiative, because it doesn't have as much money to invest, as it said. Uh, you know, it is very fragile economically, or at least much more fragile than it would like to be. So, of course, the world's second largest economy. Uh, with that being said, I think the problem with the Chinese Communist Party, much like the problem with Vladimir Putin in Russia, is that there are certain ideologies at play that value certain political victories over economic betterment. Uh, China is certainly, under Xi Jinping, a power that is focused on establishing what it perceives to be its rightful place on the world stage, regardless of whether that has severe economic implications. And this sort of goes to the root of the Chinese Communist strategy since day one, right? We, we had Mao Zedong's uh, agrarian reforms, which resulted ultimately in deaths of between 20 to 40 million Chinese people, uh, all to sort of achieve this centralized planning to, to bring uh, food production under the uh, Communist Party and urbanize China. Um, so I, I think historically there is great precedent in under the Chinese Communist Party that uh, holding China to account or, or putting it at risk of worsening economic uh, relations or situations w would not necessarily prevent it from provoking, you know, quarrels throughout the world or, or trying to uh, conquer Taiwan, for instance. Okay. So I'm going to change back to Iran and I think you mentioned, and I've always wondered the proper pronunciation. Is it Qatar or what's what's the proper pronunciation? <laughs> yeah, Qatar. Yeah. No, it's. I don't think. And you can say Qatar. You can say Qatar. You can say. I mean, we're in America. People get what you're saying. Okay. So a couple of things. First of all, you said that perhaps the six billion dollars is frozen in Qatar or Qatar. I'm not sure that they can be trusted. I've also seen headlines that. Um, Qatar has, has actually been uh, influencing a number of our universities by putting money into that and promoting, uh, you know, certain ideologies. So I don't I don't look to them as a trusted, uh, you know, trusted friend. What do you think? Yeah, so Qatar occupies a very strange place in U.S. foreign policy. Uh, it, it certainly has indirectly sponsored terrorism for a long time. Uh, it also sponsors pro-terrorist propaganda. Uh, so I, I'm sure if any of your listeners are familiar with the Al Jazeera network, that is uh, that network uh, is wholly funded by the Qatari government. Uh, so th there's certainly a lot of effort that they've done. They, they shelter Hamas leaders, like the Hamas top officials live in Qatar. They don't live in Gaza. Right? They have good relations with the leadership there. Uh, so, so that's a real problem. And it's one of the reasons why we've, we've been bogging heads with them a little bit, of course, is that they're now trying to play this mediator role uh, between the United States and Israel with Hamas. 
trying to get the hostages back when, of course, the more sane position from a Western perspective at least might be, why on earth are you maintaining ties with Hamas? Um, so, so that's a key issue. Uh, but they've been granted, they, they've been uh, a sort of fair-weather ally for the United States for a long time. That al- alliance was actually upgraded under the Biden administration. Uh, Biden granted them major non-NATO ally status, um, which has a lot of benefits. It's really a a chip for them to uh, flaunt in the Middle East. Uh, One of the reasons for that is that they actually house, Qatar houses the largest United States military base in the Middle East, which is vital to our presence there and projecting power. Uh, Another is that since the war in Ukraine happened and Russian gas has stopped to flowing to Europe, the Biden administration helped negotiate a deal where much of Europe's natural gas now comes from Qatar. So we have a, a whole lot of interlinking pins here that makes Qatar sort of invaluable to the U.S. strategy, but at the same time allows it to constantly undermine it. Boy, that <laughs> that sure doesn't seem like a very good idea to me, Andrew Thornbrook. Some might say it's not tenable. <laughs> I guess so. This has been absolutely fascinating. Andrew, uh, what would you, and I guess we didn't even, you just kind of touched a little bit on Ukraine. Let me ask, what's your thoughts on Ukraine? Thoughts on that? Yeah, Ukraine is going to be a conflict that's going to be with us for a long time. Uh, I, I wouldn't get anyone's hope up, hopes up for it ending. It doesn't matter really who's in office over here. Uh, though who's in office over here will have huge ramifications for whether or not uh, Ukraine continues pushing or sort of starts having to cede ground to Russia quite quickly. You know, they are incredibly reliant on uh, both the United States and Europe uh, for arms sales and things like this. They are developing their capacity to maintain their defense, but it's just not there. Uh, but overall, so, so long as uh, we have... Putin and the Kremlin, as we've had, uh, I, I don't see this conflict going away within the next 10 years. It's it's just not going <laughs> to go that way. So I think people who might be hopeful or optimistic from, you know, 6,000 miles away that there can be some sort of negotiated peace and that we'll get back to business as usual, uh, we'll probably have to check that assumption again. So, Andrew, you mentioned peace, and I find this interesting that I never hear in the the political rhetoric from this administration at all about let's try to find a peace alternative, whether or not it is in the Middle East or with Ukraine. I never hear that. I never hear this movement towards peace. Yeah, no, I mean, I think there's a lot of reasons for that. Sometimes it comes between ideology and strategy, right? On the ideological end, you're certainly going to have uh, entrenched interests on all sides of the political spectrum that uh, want to pursue conflict for various reasons uh, that they believe are right. Uh, on the strategy end, you're always going to have entrenched interests, uh, particularly from the U.S. military-industrial complex, that uh, believe that maintaining certain conflict or pursuing a certain conflict is in the long-term uh, strategic interests of the United States, so it's, it's a hard, mm-hmm. it's a hard thing to find peace, and it's good for their business as well. <laughs> so, yeah, it's always that. <laughs> yeah, Andrew Thornbrook, uh, your final thought to leave with our listeners. This has been really fascinating. Thank you. Yeah, thank you so much. I would just tell your listeners that the the, the primary takeaway of the day is that 
the United States is being indirectly pressed by adversaries. It's being indirectly pressed through its alliance with Israel, through its partnership with Ukraine. It will be pressed through its alliance with the Philippines and South Korea. Uh, and, and these are coordinated efforts. Right? These, these are not accidental. These are not incidental that, oh, we have an ally and they're being pressed and now we have to help. Our adversaries are, are directly pushing these buttons because they know it will weaken us in the long run to uh, thin us out and make us put our resources all over the world uh, before we can really restock up here uh, at home. So I'd be wary of that and be on the lookout and encourage your policymakers to uh, craft good policy and, and focus on foreign policy and try to uh, establish a more credible deterrent here at home. Absolutely. They need to do the job that they're supposed to be doing. So thank you so much, Andrew Thornbrook. He is the national security expert at the Epic Times. Uh, fascinating. Greatly appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks so much, Cam. Have a good one. Absolutely. And these are important discussions, and they come to you because of sponsors. And one of those is Boson Law. A recent report notes that the number of children diagnosed with autism spectrum disorder is consistently and dramatically increasing. This is heartbreaking. If your child or grandchild or someone you know has been diagnosed with autism or ADHD following exposure to Tylenol or acetaminophen during pregnancy, call Boson Law at 303-999-9999. Boson Law is a Colorado-based law firm who has been fighting Big Pharma for over 20 years. Call now at 303-999-9999 for a free, no-obligation review of your potential claim. Call now at 303-999-9999. All of Kim's sponsors are an inclusive partnership with Kim and are not affiliated with or in partnership with KLZ or Crawford Broadcasting. If you would like to support the work of the Kim Munson Show and grow your business, contact Kim at her website, KimMunson.com. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Shooting outside can be limited, but at Franktown Firearms 10-lane, 30-yard indoor range, the weather is always just right. Franktown's range supports handguns, shotguns, rifles up to 50 caliber, and even black powder loads. And safety equipment is provided for free. Since Franktown's range is connected with their gun store, they have a full selection of rental firearms so you can try before you buy to ensure that it's a good fit for you. And if you become a member at Franktown Firearms and Shooting Range, you can even access the range after hours. The range is very well ventilated with fresh air constantly, so you can breathe easy while you shoot. Most importantly, Franktown Firearms is a family-owned and operated gun store. At Franktown, you will be treated with respect as their client because they want you to be confident with your shooting and keep coming back. So use your own gun or try a new one on the range at Franktown Firearms today. Go to klzradio.com slash franktown to find out more. Franktown Firearms, where friends are made. Welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. Check out our website. That is Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Sign up for our weekly email newsletter. You can email me at Kim at Kim Munson.com as well. Thank you to all of you who support us. We're an independent voice, and we search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. If something's a good idea, you should not have to force people to do it. Uh, thank you to the Harris family for their goal sponsorship of the show. And also thank you to the National Shooting Sports Foundation for their goal sp- sponsorship of the show as well. 
And the National Shooting Sports Foundation is the national leader in defending the right to keep and bear arms because if you can't legally produce, ship, or buy a firearm, you can't bear it. So, again, thank you to them. And then um, I am taking this course of, uh, and Christy Whaley said, complete the title. It's Literature as Resistance to Totalitarianism. And I would love to have you join us. This is through IPAC-EDU, which is Dr. Jack's classes. Uh, He's putting together amazing instructors with all of us that's intellectually curious. You can get more information by going to IPAC-EDU.org. That's IPAC-EDU.org. And then also the USMC Memorial Foundation. uh, Stay stay on their website. They're going to be having some great events for Veterans Day. And uh, they are raising the money for the remodel of the Marine Memorial out at 6th and Colfax. Uh, But stay tuned because Veterans Day is right around the corner and there's going to be some special events. And again, more information at USMCMemorialFoundation.org. And check out my voter's guide at KimMunson.com. That's KimMunson.com. We've got another school, uh, school board candidate on the line with us. And that is Ken Murphy Montoya. Ken, welcome to the show. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. And it's great to have you on. And so what what district are you running for school board? I'm running um, Adams 12 School District, and it's for District 1. Okay. And there, you are also running with a team of concerned people that are stepping forward, correct? Right. I'm running with uh, Rebecca Elmore and Ben Hagelson as well. Okay. And we had them both on the show last week. So... Ken Murphy Montoya, just tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, I've lived in Adams Cove for my whole life, and I attended to schools. My sisters did, um, my kids did, and as well as my grandkids are going through Adams 12 right now. And, you know, the school district is important to me, um, how everything is going. And right now I haven't seen a lot of change, and I'm really focusing in on the kids and the CTE programs. Okay. Uh, What I am learning as I'm interviewing so many of these uh, school board candidates across across the state, and you can go to my voter's guide at my website, and I actually have a recommended list of of many of these school board candidates. Ken, as I am learning that kids... Uh, there's only a certain amount of hours in the school day. And so if if the focus and the money is going towards these um, kind of radical activist agendas, then kids are not learning how to read and write and do arithmetic. And that really concerns me, Ken Murphy Montoya. Well, it does me as well. When, we're, when a third of the kids who are graduating can't read above their own uh, grade level, that's a problem. And, you know, what? And 31% are, are struggling, and we're not doing anything about it. And those numbers continue to, you know, increase instead of decreasing. So we got to look at what we're doing with the kids and what we're teaching them, the size of the classrooms, and where we're appropriating money for, and really get back to what we're there for as a school board to make sure that the kids are being educated. Wow. Okay. And that is that is definitely for sure on that. So um, how big is the district? Like how many students, you know, how much money is going into that? We, there's over, over 36,000 students in there, and there's 53-plus schools. Um, the district has a, a, a real big uh, budget, and 
from my perspective, I just don't know if we're allocating it in the right places. And one of the things the three of us are, are really looking at is retention of the teachers, uh, keep, keeping the teachers that are good, and, and making sure they're getting paid fairly so they don't want to leave the district, and, and really evaluating uh, where every you know where all of our dollars are going to because the district's at a shortfall and we have to look at that budget and really realign it and make sure we're putting the money where it needs to go. Well, absolutely. What about parental rights? That's been a really big question for people now. Well, I, I believe that, you know, uh, the parental rights, we should have the, the parents involved and the parents should be notified of, of anything that's going on in the school instead of not notifying them and, and pushing it aside. The parents are our most important part to the school district. Um, with the children. They pay taxes for their kids to be educated in the district, and we need to keep the parents abreast of what's going on and keep them actively involved in what's going on in the school district. Well, and also the community has a vested interest in this as well, because even if people do not have kids in school, uh, you know they are paying tax dollars to get these kids educated. So sometimes I've heard seniors say, "Well, I don't have any kids in school, so it doesn't matter to me about who the, who's on the school board." It should matter because if we are spending a lot of money and kids cannot read and write and do arithmetic, we are letting everyone down. Ken Murphy Montoya. We we are in, and you know I look at it from a perspective. I'm a tradesperson and. I've been in the industry in HVAC for 40-plus years. And I, I, from my perspective, we need to educate the kids and give them an opportunity to be successful when they graduate by teaching them a trade or teaching them to graduate. You know, a lot of them have the, the skill set to be able to go out in the job market and, and find a, a job. And one of my, you know, my real focus is on how do we educate better to want to retain them within the school where they can be successful as they move on you know, in their life after graduation. Well, and Ken Murphy Montoya, I come from a, a long line of people that work with their hands. And uh, my father has a high school education, but it was a great education. In fact, as a child, he would quote Shakespeare to me. But he was one of the most innovative, creative men, um, you know, a hard worker that that I've ever known. And uh, he had the tools of reading and writing, arithmetic, critical thinking, uh, science, history, all of those things, which uh, we need to reclaim that for our kids so that they have the tools to be a success in life. What's your final thoughts you'd like to leave with our listeners? And again, who's who? who's that team that you're running with? Uh, we're running, I'm running with Rebecca Elmore, Ben Hagelson. And really, my, my last thought is this, that we need, to, we need to change what's going on. It's not being successful. We need to change. We need a different direction of where we're going right now. Um, I just see so many kids struggling. I see so many kids not wanting to go to school. As Adam Strolls has the highest absentee rate in the state, and we need to change that and get the kids back in the school and make school where they want to be and where they can feel safe and secure and feel that, they can get educated, and that the parents will feel the same way. Well, absolutely. So Ken Murphy Montoya, and again, one more time, the other two members on your team? There's Rebecca Elmore and Ben Hegelson. And this is for Adams 12, correct? You are correct. Okay. Uh, Ken Murphy Montoya, thank you so much for stepping forward. Well, I appreciate your time. Thank you very much. 
And and uh, my friends, this is uh, this is the American idea, uh, where we have everyday people step forward to represent us. And the school board races are so, so important. And you can go to my website, KimMunson.com, for the voter's guide. And I've dissected the issues, uh, the two state issues, as well as uh, the uh, Douglas County School District property tax increases. I think you can probably look at those arguments, and that can be a uh, those arguments against passing that. And I think that that can be a template for your neighborhood as well. And, and then, of course, I do have these recommended candidate lists there as well to help you. Uh, So, my friends, thank you so much. Um, Our quote for the end of the show is from Thomas Sowell. And he said this, the Constitution cannot protect us unless we protect the Constitution. So, my friends, today be grateful, read great books, think good thoughts, listen to beautiful music, communicate and listen well, live honestly and authentically, strive for high ideals, and like Superman, stand for truth, justice, and the American way. My friends, you are not alone. God bless you, and God bless America. Stay tuned for our number two. Young, like a new moon rising, fierce through the rain and lightning, wandering out into this great unknown. And I don't want no one to cry, but tell them if I don't survive. Views and opinions expressed on KLZ 560 are those of the speaker, commentators, hosts, their guests, and callers. They are not necessarily the views and opinions of Crawford Broadcasting or KLZ management, employees, associates, or advertisers. KLZ 560 is a Crawford Broadcasting God and Country station.